<laughs> so last night, I know, I just logged off, but I wanted to share this story with you. I'm laying in the bed. I have my new Bluetooth headphones. I'm listening to Anchor, and Sharice is on. I don't know if you've ever heard her. She has such a wonderful conversational voice, and and um, it's almost like she holds two sides of the conversation at once. But anyway, she's talking, and she was going on and on about something I don't remember. And um, I I had drifted off, right? And so she said something I didn't agree with. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, Sharice. Sharice. And she just kept talking. I said, Sharice, can't you hear me, Sharice? <laughs> I thought we were on the phone. And, and then when it finally, when I popped to, it was just like, oh my God, I'm listening to her podcast. <laughs> And that was the stupidest thing. But I was I was like, why isn't she hearing me? I'm just, you know, practically yelling. And um and then when it when it when I actually woke up and I saw my phone was just going on and on and on, it was her. I was like, how did she do that? She must have put about I don't know, five segments together or something. Because it was long. It was it was interesting, but it was long. And so I'm trying to figure out how and you know, I don't take it personal, Sharice, if you're listening or anybody else. I idle low. If I sit there, I will go to sleep. If it's nobody, I don't care who it is. If I sit still, I start getting sleepy. And I hate meetings, especially in the afternoon, because it is very hard for me to stay awake. Now, I'm not one who likes to do the energy drink thing. I don't drink coffee. I, I just struggle with it. Even when I drive, I have this big old machine here for sleep apnea. Uh, my husband hates it and so do I, so we don't use it. Um, anyway, it's an issue. It's a physical thing with me, okay? Uh-oh, there's my mother-in-law. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hello? I'm through. You're through? Okay, thank you. Okay. And then that brings me to something else that I can't remember if it was Barbara or Jennifer was talking about today. Um, but one of them has a, a, a husband who's kind of ill. And, um, and, and she was like having a little gripe session. And it was so freeing to hear that because when you live with that voice you heard was my mother-in-law. She's 91. She lives with us. Used to have two dogs, but... There's only one left now. And um, it's like, you love them. My husband, I love him. And, but they can be some of the most, <laughs> you know, it's like, they forget everything. And when I forget something, oh, you're forgetting a lot of stuff these days. Oh, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it is, it's, a, it's. You know, people always say, oh, she never complained. Well, that would not be me. I try not to complain. What I really try not to do is have that smart mouth because I know that, and I shouldn't because it's not them. I know that what they're going through is not who they are and not who they were. So I can't be, I shouldn't be, I should say, smart mouth when they get smart with me. And my sister's struggling with that with my mother, who's going through it too, 3,000 miles away. So it's like all around me. If you're not dealing with an elder who has Alzheimer's or dementia of any kind or any kind of physical ailment, 
consider yourself blessed. Go out every night. Go do everything you want to do. Because we have to go to funerals and stages. I go to the first part. My husband goes to the second part and vice versa. We can't leave my mother-in-law alone. So, I mean, there's there's just... Mm, there's a lot to it. It's more than a notion. The kids are... I'm blessed. We are blessed. Our kids are up. Our five sons are out. They have their own places. And thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And um, because I know a lot of my friends have some ne'er-do-wells at home sitting on the sofa playing video games while they're working in behind. So, so anyway, I don't know what where that came from today, but I think it was Barbara. But if it was Jennifer, please forgive me. Um, I just have to hand it to you for at least saying something and publishing because you got to get it out there. You do. You can't take all of that with you to bed and be all stressed out. So you guys... Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to it. But then there's Monday. Glad to have a position, though. I see, Drew. I don't know what I might have been talking about. Honey, there's no telling. Because <laughs> I could be a long-winded sister, okay? I was probably talking about... uh, What was I probably talking about? The segments that I've gone on long about lately, I was talking about um, parenting and and this bullying and how, you know, that's got to be a grassroots thing that's taken a hold of household by household. You know, the parents, the teachers, the, the administrators all have to be a part of that. And the other topic I was going on about lately was uh, jealousy amongst men and women. So it was probably one of those segments. (laughs) You know, Cherise, I I swear I don't remember what it was, but if you can just imagine, I mean, I was in a dream, so it wasn't, I'm sure nobody standing near me would have even heard me yelling at you. Um, We were having a conversation in my dream, so I must have, when I drifted off, I, if I knew I was listening to anger, I would not have been, um, you know, thinking that, <laughs> I don't know what happened. All I know is, if, if I was agreeing, I was talking with you, and I'd be like, yeah, girl, and, and you just kept talking. You wouldn't let me get a word in. And I was like, Cherise, Cherise, do you hear me? Cherise, how <laughs> And when I woke up and I realized that you were still talking, but you were on your podcast, I just fell out laughing. It's like, I don't even know you. How could I even been on the phone with you? But um, I feel like I'm getting to know you because I listen to you a lot and you just, um, you have a lot of good things to say. I swear in my mind right now, and I could go back and try to listen. One of my problems is sometimes I'm listening to something and I want to comment and it's gone on to the next one, and there's no way to get back. So anyway, it is what it is. Thanks for um, understanding and <laughs> replying back. I, um, uh, as I said, I'm still learning and trying to figure this whole thing out. But uh, I will try not to be sleep talking anymore in the future. Keep publishing because I love your content. Today is December ninth, two thousand seventeen, and four years ago today. I started working at my job. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur. I got some pretty lucrative contracts. I was doing good work. It was feast and famine and all that, 
but uh, I never had to move because I couldn't pay the bill. I never had the light shut off. The phone was always on. God was good. And um, I really enjoyed how I could pick up and go places and be part of what's going on in the community. And But I was struggling financially, and my son told me, he, my son is a wealth coach, and I'm just going to tell you, his name is Jareen Person Lynn, and he wrote the book, This Is Why You Broke, and five others about money and getting in debt and staying out of debt, getting out of debt, I should say, and staying out of debt, and investing and all kinds of things. And um, he told me, he says, you know, you need to just get a job. Now, that was something no one had ever said to me. They all tried to support me in my endeavors, but... When I heard that, it was just like, click, and it was a good thing because in four years, I've had benefits, I've had the 401k, I've been able to amass some money so that I'll have something if and when I leave there, and um, which I hadn't done. I'd always worked at nonprofits or in some situation where I wasn't putting the money away for my future, always looking out for everybody else and not. It, I had time. I thought I had time. You don't have time. If you're not putting money away right now, this message from me might be the only one you get to hear. Start. And don't say, well, I just don't have enough. No, you know what? If you got fired... You would figure it out, but you wouldn't have the same amount you have right now at your job. You know, everybody think, or if you got demoted, which happened to me, I was doing uh, this job four years ago. There were four of us, and over that time, every one dropped off, one dropped, and it was just me doing everything for the last three years in my position. And then it was like, well, you're not getting things done on time. And I worked till 9 o'clock most nights. I worked weekends. I had to cover things. I was always working, work, work, work. And um, and so it probably did reflect on my work. But at the same time, I felt like, but how could you expect me to do the work of four people? Why were you paying the other three, you know? Well, as as it would turn out, now there are three people. They've hired a director and the position of mine, and then mine is the low position now. So at first I was hurt, and then I thought about it, and I said, you know what, I really love my job. I love what we do. I love the mission. I love the students and and their medical journeys, and I love all that. I mean, I always wanted to be a doctor, and I remember saying, Uh, When I was about to flunk out of uh, my pre-med program, I said, okay, I'm going to go to the dry sciences and I'm going to go into, um, you know, become an English major instead. And then I went on to get my master's in journalism. But when I turn 50, I'm going to be a doctor. Well, little did I know that when you're 50, (laughs) the last thing you want to do is go back and have a rigorous program like trying to become a doctor but I'm working with doctors and I'm able to help them tell their stories and I love the work that they're doing and the discoveries that they're making and seeing these young people come in wide-eyed bushy-tailed and then become professionals that in just a short while they're making bank I mean some of these nurses can come in to our nursing school with any BA 
And you know how people get a BA and don't really want to work in whatever they have the BA in. And so they can go on and work in the school of nursing. And when they get out, they're making 90000 110000 You know, it's amazing. Um, and I'm not saying each and every one does, but that is what the market is paying in some cases, you know. Um, so I love my job and I love the people there and the people love me. And by me photographing and videotaping and interviewing, you know, people develop a different relationship with you when you're doing things like that. So it really means a lot to me to continue to be able to tell the story of where I work. And I have been connected with this university before I even got here because way back in the day, they started a jazz concert and the radio station that I worked at would always help them, would always come and broadcast from or, you know, broadcast their commercials. I'd have to interview the people who put it on. And um, the man who put the concert on, his wife, I met on a cornfield in Africa and she became my son's godmother one of my five sons' godmothers. And so um, there was a connection, always a connection. And um, oddly enough, when I started here, um, the first thing that I was, t one of the first assignments that I was given outside of my regular stuff was to do a video on one of our doctors who I am so glad I had that year to know him. And to get to know him by doing a video on someone, you get all in their, their family. And we were able to um, characterize him for the gala and play the video for the gala. So my video has been played at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then the man, he was best friends with the man whose wife I met on the cornfield in Africa. We call ourselves the Cornfield Sisters. But anyway, um, and do you know both of them have passed on now? It's like all this history. So before I came... Um, the the first doctor who I did the video for, he was involved with a woman sculptor who I knew. And um, I was assigned at, a, at my other job, previous job, to work with her to get this bus done from one of the pioneering women who helped get that university going. And um, so she, her job was to do the sculpture, obviously. My job was to publicize it, fill up that auditorium. It was packed. And this woman came and was presented this beautiful bust. And, um, it was, it was a night. It was a night. It was just so beautiful because the woman had been ill a little bit, even though she came to the event, um, as it turned out, the, the person who made the bust wound up passing away before the woman who was the subject of the bust. But anyway, so when I got to this new job, you know, I was um, one doctor I had worked with previously at another place, um, and I went over to his clinic, and when you walk into his clinic, what's standing there but the bust? It's on a, a person's high um, um, pedestal, and then the bust of this beautiful woman is there. Her her jaw is set, her nose is up, she's just 
looks like she would take on the world. And it has a plaque, and it's, it's, it was done beautifully. My friend who's a sculptor has done things. She even uh, gave a sculpture to Nelson Mandela. I mean, just so many things. She's world, she's internationally known. And when she died, uh, that just blew a lot of people away. But anyway, so I would go into this this waiting room of the clinic where this doctor was running some programs and things. And I would just sit and talk with her. I would caress her face. I would just kind of have my prayer. I would pay homage to my mentor. And um, and it was, it was so good to see that, the, that it was still around, that people could still enjoy it. I never knew what happened to it after that. And it's just so odd that all this work we did, and here it is right here. Anytime I want to see it, I can just go over there. So four years later, you know, after halfway through, we decided to celebrate our 50th anniversary. So that put on more things and, and, and brought that jazz festival back and, and, and more breakfasts and galas and, and things and things and things. I mean, we, we had a cruise, a, a, just all kinds of things to promote this 50 years. And... That was a lot of work. And this is in addition to what we'd already been doing going through. And do you know that after the 50th anniversary passed, all those events still still stayed? So if you're a publicist, you have to publicize the jazz concert. You have to publicize the galas, the president's breakfast, the, all these things. And, wow, it's just amazing how I was trying and trying to do this work. And I guess I had fallen behind. So, and, and the two things that, that were said to me on the day that I was demoted was I couldn't get the annual report out on time and I couldn't get the newsletter out on time. Now, it's not like I got the newsletter out a week late or anything like that. It would be a couple days at the most. And a lot of that is because instead of us having it out on the last day of the month, it had to be the last Tuesday. And there were a lot of events after that. And one of my problems is I try to do everybody in the pool. I want to do a story on you. I'm going to cover your event. I'm going to take pictures over here. I'm going to do video over here. I'm going to put links to all this stuff instead of doing a newsletter with nothing else but print and pictures. That's all I had to do. But I knew these people, and they knew me, and, and they were so tickled that somebody wanted to cover them. They were always coming, bringing stories to me, and I tried to meet the demand. When it came to the annual report, I did three beautiful annual reports. But this last one, it was hard. I don't know what it was, because we had all these interruptions. Not only was I doing all that, People would broadcast messages through our email system. I had to go over them, go back to people, say you have the wrong logo, you have the wrong... I mean, it was 10 interruptions a day and having to talk back and forth with people and do this 48-page annual report. It's like a book. So um, I was, of course, disappointed when they demoted me after four years. But... I can't tell this to anybody or, or, I mean, it's, let's put it this way. Nobody who had any hand in that could, could see 
what I was going through. And so for me to feel this is not something I can tell them necessarily, but I'll tell you. And that is that when I came back in the lower position, I got to go home at five o'clock because it's now hourly. I had to go home. I got to go home at five o'clock and see the sun every day. And I got to have my Saturdays back. I didn't have to go cover things. Do you know how many nights and how many weekends that I spent? And I came back to a new boss who was the communications director and the person who took my position. Those are two very delightful people. But it doesn't pass me. It doesn't, I don't, it, it doesn't go without me noticing that it's three people now are being paid to do what I was doing by myself if I had been given help or even thought to ask for it, things could have been different. Now, I'm thinking, well, it's my age. It's all the responsibilities. I have my mother-in-law and, you know, all the things that I have to, to deal with on a personal level. But sometimes things that are pretty bad or even embarrassing can be the best thing ever. It was like it was taken away from me because I didn't have sense enough to give it back. And um, and while I do keep my eyes open for something that will pay more and 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 be better for me, I am still over the, all the photography, organizing, archiving all the images, still covering events, still uh, videotaping, and and it's like I have time to do that now. And um, you know, before I would get, I would tape, a, I would shoot an event and upload pictures, but not get to delete the blurry ones or the eyes closed. So it looks like I want that up there. I just didn't have time to do it. So now I have time to go through. And then I was also doing social media. I'm telling you, it's a big job. Getting press releases out, getting articles out. We had monthly articles that were due. Just, oh my God, it was, it was something else. But I feel better in my soul right now. And, um, and that's all I can say. It's just like I looked high and I looked low. But what, what was rearranged to give to me really is saving me. And that's pretty daggone remarkable. So it's four years and um, all my friends, not all my friends, a lot of my friends are retiring and kicking it and going on cruises and just having a good time and my time is coming but thank god that i'm coming in for the landing good night y'all